time to go into auto reserve with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on Thin Lizzy, the Gorham Robinson years. So here we're going on part two of our Thin Lizzy exposition, expedition, I should say, exposition, expedition. Well, it could be exposition, I guess, too. Um, and ironically enough, we pick it off because, you know, the first session or first uh, one was again with about Eric Bell. And uh, mm -hmm. funny enough, or ironically enough, we're recording this on New Year's Eve and he left the band on New Year's Eve in 73. Um leaving them in quite a little bit of a bind because they are starting to have a little bit of momentum with whiskey in the jar uh and uh phil and brian were very aggressively trying to push the band to raise their profile and such so um after eric bell left they brought in mr gary moore who if you if we could you know he he's common in the 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 story of thin lizzie because he pops in and kind of he kind of what do you think he's kind of like caulking or fixing the, the fi filling in the holes when they're when they when they need it he's like the 24-hour plumber he just you know <laughs> it's like oh yeah fucking guy left there's a leak call him up yeah not to, not to not to not to discredit him in any way he was a great guitar player plumbers are important um, and but plumbers are important plumbers so are important. uh that's i guess that that was his job but if Nice segue, by the way, Matt, uh, from the Eric Bell years into the Gorham Robertson years. But um, <laughs> I you. guess in, so in some ways, maybe that was sort of like him leaving the band on New Year's Eve was this like this sort of the beginning of a new chapter. Because if you really look at it, the, the four records that we're talking about, or is it five? Well, it's five. Yeah. It's, well, five. it's you, nightlife. If, it's five, right? If you count, yeah, live and dangerous. Yeah, no. If you count, no, no, live, no. if you count live and dangerous, it's six. It's six, right? So, five studio records. So it's nightlife, Johnny the Fox, Jailbreak, fighting, fighting, bad reputation, and Jailbreak. I mean, in, in some ways, that's the new Thin Lizzy. So he quits that out with the old Thin Lizzy, and in with the new Thin Lizzy. And arguably, maybe their best, the, their I, best period. I, I would think anyone who does not think that's their best period is, I think, just a contrarian. Because it's so, right, right. It's so overwhelmingly. You know, an interesting, oh. it's so, it's funny enough, um, you know, we like to double back to some older episodes and stuff, but you know who he tried to fill the hole with after Gary Moore left? Who? John McCann. John oh, Cam. that's right. That's right. So, from Atomic Rooster. From Atomic Rooster, and what he, mm. what he, what he wanted to do, Phil wanted to do, Phil and Brian wanted to do, is they wanted a double guitar attack. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they, yeah, John McCann or Can, those two personalities were never going to get in the same room and work it out. That was there was no mm -hmm. way that was ever going to work out. But they evident they, they they basically find Brian Robertson was I think eighteen at the time from uh, Scotland, and then a Californian 
of all people. Scott Gorham, that's right. Scott Gorham. And those two are just like, I mean, you can't get a sweeter combination because basically they usher in the, the era of guitarmonies. Uh, That's and, right. And really lift it. You don't. Re- you kind of hear it on nightlife, right? Mm-hmm. It took some time to kind of gel. It seemed like it was trying to find its footing on nightlife, right? Well, nightlife. I think also. I, I read. I, I made notes on this. It was kind of his. It was kind of Phil's reckoning with his blackness in right. a way. Because if you really think, and that album was always a blind spot for me. Um, that, but now that I've listened to it a lot in the last like uh, 15 years, it, it was like it was it's kind of an R&B record. It's kind of like, yeah, there's even songs on there that I could see Letty Kravitz covering that are just these like really beautiful uh, like ballads. Right. And so it's like a reckoning. But even with all that, there's still. Uh, a couple songs on that record that are um, that are uh, the sort of like blueprint for what you're for that the more right. direct, you know specific uh, um, formula that they had. I, I'll, I'll just tell you real quick. For me, it was the song "It's Only Money." Yeah, uh, it's like is and that and and Shalala. Uh, that's what you really yeah hear. You know you. We, you really hear like what what they were going to do going forward so um but yeah it's yeah yeah it's a weird it's a weird one i agree with you yeah it's like and it's like if you listen if you if you're like i I had a blind spot as well but i heard uh, a band that i knew uh from san San francisco called slothag uh the the lord weird slothag i'm sorry and oh yeah and they did a cover i found a split with someone for of shala Shalala. And it was really, really uh-huh. good. And, um, you know, I remember saying, like, well, that, and they were like, yeah, that's off nightlight. I'm like, oh, I don't really know that as well. But you're right. I yeah. agree with you. Like, it's only money is like, that kind of peaks at what they were starting to do. But, but both songs are kind of like what I would call a third gear version of what they were truly going towards, uh, which they kind of, you know, when you go to fighting, they kind of, like, that song just burns. I mean, that album just burns, mm-hmm. rather. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like it's crystallized more on fighting, uh, and uh, and Johnny the Fox. It's it's pretty crystallized on that album as well. Although Johnny the Fox has is concept is a concept album really about Johnny, right? And so it's kind of got it's also kind of like fighting. It's it's it it serves as a dual purpose. It's a working out of ideas and. But at the same time, focusing on the ones that you know are really good. So it's it's so it's fascinating to me. But I, I, we you know I, we talk about this all the time to each other. It's just it, it, we're you know we're just going over this in a, with a fine tooth comb, you know, which I, I hope people appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I've had conversations with people who who go back and forth uh, on trying to talk. Kind of, I don't know if talk themselves or talk me out of or to, uh, that jailbreak isn't their best album in terms of mm-hmm. if you had to define the Thin Lizzy, uh, what makes them one of the greatest bands of all time. I think it's just all you have the ballads, you have the rock songs, you have like jailbreak to me just captures everything and everything's razor sharp on it. Whereas there are the, some of the other albums, it's it's they're really good and they they're 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 reaching towards where I think 
jailbreak goes i mean because it's got, not like, complete on the other albums i think yeah. that's what you're where you're going it's not as complete as it is on jailbreak i i will agree with you i told you this in a text recently <laughs> i think jailbreak is their best album i think like, so. hands well hands down and the variety of it is just like you got a song that's not really even one of the best songs that would probably be the best like warrior is a great song is like that song is not even nearly the best song on the album, but I could put that as well, like probably one of the better songs uh, if you put it on any other album. It's just it's real simple, it's badass, it's just straightforward. Uh, but you know, you got Cowboy, uh, I Come Running Again, and it's like it's just like there's just like a, uh, I mean, Boys Are Back in Town. To be honest with you, is like to me, you know, obviously one of the most identifiable songs, but. To me, it's one of the least, that and Warrior, funny enough, are one of the least interesting songs on the album to me. Yeah, but it's, but they're still, oh God, The Boys Are Back in Town is just such an anthem to, to it's, to write that, it, it's, it surprises me that they were not more popular just off the back of that song off the boys are back in town it's just it surprises me that um but but i guess you know reading their history and stuff i guess they made a bunch of fucked up decisions they had some bad luck and that probably contributed but it, just that that song is just so but if, uh, it's it's crazy I, you're right it's not maybe not as interesting as other songs on the album but but it's still it's but a if, great song so if but if you put the here's what i'm saying like that Next to, uh, you know, cowboy song "Emerald," running back, mm -hmm. like th that's just an it, like the boys are back in town is like a great story and great, mm -hmm. and its hook is probably one of the best hooks you know just the choruses that you hear can hear because it's really simple. It basically encompasses what you love about fucking you know bars you know dirty bar rock and roll you know it's just like it's got a sing-along part it's got a riffs it's got a good it's just like really identifiable but you know i think what's the true greatness of that is that you have a song that like to me like is even more badass like jailbreaks a even more badass like it's heavier heavier it's heavier yeah and i like yeah but like I like the sweet songs of Cowboys song and running and uh, and running back, you know, and they're like running back is another one where it's just a real simple hook and just a real sweet ballad and really good, you know, really the lyrics of his that, you know, we were talking about at the Eric Bell era of that, those real kind of like almost like diary taking from his diary kind of emotional outpouring, deeply personal stuff. Is really is really starting to strut a little bit more because he's got a musical backdrop of the twin guitar attacks that are really kind of adding another texture layer, yeah, yeah. another layer to the sounds. Yeah, it's like it's given like he's got the the sweetness, and then there's this crunch, and it kind of, they go together, and it kind of it's not just one. It, it's it's got some complexity in what you're what you're you're digesting, and I think that that's what I think jailbreak more than anything. like again like I think that you get spoiled by I, I, and you and I are the same age so we heard more jailbreak than we heard fighting China right. Chinatown 
uh, bad reputation in Johnny the Fox. Like all those are, you just get oversaddled by uh, jailbreak. Yeah, I mean, that was just the biggest. It was the biggest of their records, especially in uh, in the states. But you know, but I, I agree with you and the the sort of like what you're saying about this sort of the subtlety of the of the more B and C songs on the album, the subtlety where you really that you feel his emotion like running is. It ha running has a, a, that, those components of, of his songs that I really like. It first of all, it's it has that Van Morrison thing happening yeah, right. that is so clear to me now that I've in my later years have gotten way into Van Morrison, like uh, just TV sheets, all those albums. I've gotten way way into them, so I understand where he's going there. And it, to me, it's 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 a tribute to, to Van, but it but it's more than that. He's incorporating it, but it's it's still him. It's still Phil. And then it, it also has that emotional depth that like like when we were talking in the last episode, little little girl in bloom. It has that depth of like that the subtle subtleties. They're not. It's not a rocker. Of a, you know, it's not a you know full blast kind of song, but there's more to it than that. And it. it yeah, it's just it's 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 incredible, and 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 that's what that, that album is great. Um, Jailbreak, not because right. it was their biggest and or their most commercial in the states, but just because you're right, it crystallized all the those elements that that band had perfectly. Uh, where the even a great song on that album is not the greatest song on the album, and right? That, and that's a sign of a fucking incredible album right it's like if even the songs that you're like eh are great it, and the other ones that people don't know as much right. are even better and yeah. deeper I mean come on man that's why you keep going back to it The range of music and the way that they were saying, like, look, we can do this and we can do this. And this is interesting to me. And talking about my Celtic heritage is interesting to me. And oh, by the way, have you heard two guitars do this before? You know, one's not just playing rhythm and one's not playing lead. Like they're they're working together, you know, and being, you know, basically a second vocal. Like those guitar harmonies are almost like a second, like a, a second vocalist in many ways, really adding that layer to the songs that really make them like that defines their sound. Um, yeah. And it's also, it's also um, reinforcing the melody 
you know that right because we t- we talked i think we might have talked about this in one of the last episodes um i've been the kate bush episode that we recorded melodies are so magical because you like wonder where the fuck did that come from was it in a dream was it a, <laughs> was right. it in my subconscious was it in my subconscious and so he, phil recognizes the magic and the melody and then and so i think he and he and he used this twin lead attack to reinforce it to really drive it home in a way that was appealing to the rockers but also appealing to the more uh, you know the the thinkers right. out there that and 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 the thinkers to the women to you know it to the irish right. it, it he, he he took all these things and made them special to a lot of people and you talked about this whole concept of an album you know it's like people could write great chapters but they can they might not be able to write a great book and right, here's someone right, that right. could write and here's someone that was able to write a great book and he did it a bunch of times so um you know that's that's why we had to come that's why we had to come back to thin lizzie we went back and forth oh do we cover it is it too revered there's a box that coming out how oh, we're gonna sound you know of course right. everyone loves thin lizzie it wasn't that it's not that obvious like if you think about it this was their biggest record but they never really took hold no. in the states not really. so so if you talk to people about thin lizzie in the states generally unless they're obsessed like we are um people only know boys are back in town people only know uh jailbreak that's it and so this this is our, our way of sort of like highlighting what well, um what what the 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 sort of artistry and the and the genius of this of, of this band you know and you right know, and you and that and then you're right this is the album well yeah jailbreak and, is the album and the, you know they were they were yeah they were like a, a supporting band even after jailbreak they were a supporting band like they supported aerosmith rush freaking ario speedwagon um mm-hmm. you know and you look at it and you know rainbow it's like the bands that they should have you, you know you look dwarfed. at dwarfed yeah yeah because it's not like they didn't have a good live show either like they they brought it you know and phil was a, such a magnet like he's once in a lifetime you know kind of magnetic presence like that's you don't get, right you don't get you don't get many of the people like that who he makes you don't look at the other bands unless there's a solo going on. Um, it's star you, power. <laughs> well, you know, it's like yeah. certain things there. Are, it's just not fair, and that's and they they in, even if you work your ass off, there's no telling that you know you're going to get what you're, you're you deserve. It's just a, there's a lot of luck and timing going on with things, but. You know, they also partied hard, and he got sick a lot. And you know, mm-hmm. like most things, bands who were working their asses off, you know, they they had their internal conflicts. Which, you know, what I read about, because I was always like, well, if they should have read, you know, wrote a really high after that, um, after Jailbreak. But you know, that's when they started fighting. Uh, specifically, you know, Phil and uh, Brian Robertson started getting really, really acrimonious. Um, and uh you know his health wasn't it was going in and out because he really wasn't taking care of himself he was i think he got hepatitis again at some point yeah um so you know 
you know, you listen to Johnny the Fox too, and that, I mean, that has some great songs on it, like you know, "Don't Believe a Word" and um, Jesus, um, it's only money. Okay. Is that what's it? No, that's that's on fighting. Right, 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 right. I mean, that's on. Uh, no, that's on. Uh, it's only money. Is on. Um, that's on. The, is it's on, on uh, nightlife. It's on nightlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, when you're talking about Johnny the Fox, you're talking about the obviously the uh, the 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 title the the title yeah. song Johnny, right. and then there's Rocky, which is kind of corny. Well, uh, there's Borderline, Borderline, which is a, I think a great song. It's more of a ballad. Um, don't believe a word. Oh wait, no, don't believe a word is on yeah, Johnny yeah. the Fox. You're yeah, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, that's Mas- a great song. And so is the song after it, Fool's Gold. Yeah, that's not bad. And well, Ma- that's Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold. If you really br- break it down, it that's like kind of like that's like an Irishman's lament. It's like you know the Irish left Ireland during the Potato Famine right, and during right. all sorts of troubling uh, parts of their history. And that song is to all those people that left, you know, in search of whatever fool's gold or whatever better opportunities so it's like so much of the stuff in his music you know that oh, it's crazy and then you have johnny the fox which is like a funk song a little bit yeah sort of goes, yeah. goes back to uh, nightlife in a way right well massacre yeah. is a good song too it's like I, I, yeah that is a great song yes yeah 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 um and they're trying to do some stuff too because like even at that point I think he was trying to get, he was trying to kind of, Phil was trying to get in with punk and he actually had some side thing with the Boomtown Rats guy and yeah, a bunch of other, uh, I think, Irish uh, musicians that was, uh, I forget the fucking name of that thing, but it was like mm-hmm. um, Greedy Bastards. Oh, okay. Okay. But, you know, he, you know, he didn't seem like he wanted to get kind of, kind of pinched in with you know, the rock stuff. And I think that that's probably, you know, him and having a harder time with Robertson because that basically, they got, they came to a point where they, they recorded like Bad, Bad Reputation, which is, was intended to be like a, just the three of them without Robertson playing. But, you know, Gorham to his credit said like, look, I can't play, I need him in here to play some of the leads and some of the other parts. I can't do this by myself. Uh, so they had him, you know, brought back as a quote unquote as a guest which is kind of a which is kind of a um small way what you know they should have just had him accredited on the album rather than as a guest or something and th- well that you know that this all to me like hearing this it just re just re sort of reaffirms my belief about the band and especially about phil this sort of an artistic restlessness to him that yeah. pro- it probably uh, contributed to the personnel issues and and then also to maybe the reason why they didn't cross over and become huge i think that artistic restlessness really it just you know it was hard to pin down uh it, it's easier for us now to go back and right. assess it you know but like at the time like record companies they'd probably think oh that you know you're like kind of a wild card guys in the band are like but i want to play more direct and you know and it just like but only phil understood it right because it's all a, a, a product of his imagination and creativity and and it and it's why i love the band so much it's why i can talk about these fucking records all day long there's some 
it's like he in some ways was integral in the invention of heavy metal integral in the invention of punk like you know the sort of like i he kept the irish thing going he did all these things that were artistically courageous you know and it's easy to write them off as a rock band i get made fun of all the time which is kind of shitty like people <laughs> like oh the rock the rocker you're a rocker you like thin lizzy i'm like you're only looking at one tiny element one drop of what this band was and you're and you're mischaracterizing me as because i'm a long i have long hair and tattoos you are putting me like you're it's easy to just tie it up like that but in reality what was happening was deeper than that and especially with the, in terms of the songs he was writing the re those records that he made with with, uh, with robinson gorham and even the, the records he made with eric bell and even the records he made it later it's just like it was just this this restlessness well, this this thing this drive to make more to to create more and uh, you know it's, it's special well here's what i will say is a slight counter to that it's like mm. to be able to write like that you have to have some emotional vulnerability and mm -hmm. to be able to put that on there but the counter to that is that you're probably not the most secure person in the world either. Um, yeah. And yeah. I and I think that while his, I think that you know he he could have had a little bit too much padding on the back, and didn't understand what he really had in his hand with the with Gorham and Robertson as that as that element of Thin Lizzy and fighting over song credits and stuff like that, like petty shit, that he could have, as a leader, could have probably just said, look guys, let's take a break or let's do something, or, you know, I'm willing to share this spotlight with you. Because it's really, without Gorham and Robertson, Thin Lizzy would have been stuck in that Eric Bell third gear. And I don't mm -hmm. think that they would never have got, they would never ascended to the heights that they, ha they were able to. Because part of what, he needed, like he had these beautiful songs, but he needed, he needed an engine mm -hmm. to, to really bring that out. And he was rocking like a really cool V4. And mm -hmm. then with those two guys on it, I doubled up to a V8. And it really gave yeah. Thin Lizzy the, the, the heft, both for ballads and otherwise, to be a major rock band. Um, and I think that that was one of the, you know, things of, you know, you have someone who's 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 bearing his soul is probably not someone who, and who has the spotlight on him, seventy five percent of the concert, and is the driving force of the band. But if you're not including everyone else in the band, that's just not gonna that's gonna have a diminished effect. And I think that what you see, like a bad reputation, is while there, while there is good songs on there. You know, Southbound, you know, Bad Reputation, Killer with a Got a Caw, anyway, Dancing in the Moonlight. There's like some good songs on there, but could that, that album, to my mind, could have been a much better album if they were all playing in the sandbox a little bit better. Yeah, but you can't, you know, it's hard, it's hard uh, to expect uh, a musician, an artist to be some sort of like delegator or or some kind of manager you know you know what i mean it's like really it's that's kind of a well you got because it because then because then it turns into like i've noticed this like even in in more contemporary terms like i i i don't like careerist 
like business music bands. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're, we're, I'm not talking they, about that, but yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know what but you're so, 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 but I'm saying is like it's almost inherent in like this highly creative, highly you know wild and cool and interesting bands to have to be missing that component that sort of keeps it together and manages the relationships better better you know what i mean like yeah, I, don't, I don't know I, yeah what i'm really I, I, let me i'm probably not saying it or really maybe quick. you're getting at something you're getting you, at what i'm getting at what i'm getting at is and i didn't probably do a good job of saying this is that he could he should have been able to see what he appreciated more what he had rather than ah. let rather than let it go so quickly like he was yeah, just, like yeah. fuck you robertson i don't need you yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was at one point where Midge Roar from Ultrapox was in the band. It's like a new wave. It's like yeah. a guy dressed with short hair and like sort of new, like a skinny tie was in the band for a second. I'm not, I have no problems with skinny ties and short hair, but it's just like, it was just <laughs> well, like a weird, like, oh, throw him in there. I think Midge Roar might have been Irish too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that might have been the connection uh, with Bob Geldof too, who right. was somehow connected with. And Lizzie, and so it was. Uh, there was another weird one. Huey Lewis. I yeah, read yeah. that in a book. That well, Huey he, Lewis had well, some Huey, sort of relationship yeah, Huey, with. Yeah, with he Lizzie. played. Yeah, he plays uh, harmonica on. I forget which. There's a live album where you can hear him playing uh-huh. harmonica with it. But he played like harmonica with a lot of fuckers. I forget what song um, that he actually um, played uh, on. But um, yeah, like he did. I, I look. I I don't think that. If you want to, like, that's fine. He could have been in two or three other side bands and did, did whatever in the hell that he wanted to do to get that, scratch that itch. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, you know, you see Bad Reputation, and you can see that, I see that album as, like, a, a, a shade of what that band could have done with that album because of the, just the, acro, like, the petty acrimony bullshit. Yeah, I know that stuff's not... Bands are not easy to manage, and he may not have been the right frame of mind. God knows when you're drinking and doing drugs a lot, you're not making your best decisions. I just think that, you know, the the stuff that makes you great is also the things that can bring you down. And I, think I that, agree. I agree. And it, and the funny thing is, it's like, and I will admit this, and you maybe you have a little bit of this in you as well. We fetishize the shit out of Thin Lizzy, right? Yeah. So uh, there's times when we can't i at least me maybe you're a little bit more uh more uh, resolute about this but there are times when i won't like i fetishize the band so much that i won't acknowledge that bad reputation is not as good of a record as jailbreak and that there was unfulfilled potential there i fetishize it so much that i try not to deal with that but you're right having this conversation has 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 centered me to the point where i will admit Jailbreak is their best record, and the other records were good, but not as good as Jailbreak. Yeah, and I, I'm like, hey, look, I'm not sitting around with my big brain like every time I hear bad reputation. It's like, oh, they could have made that into it. They could have done this. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I thoroughly You're enjoying enjo- it. I'm, th- I'm, I'm enjoying it all, almost all the time. It's only during where we're going through these things where you're trying to take things out collectively and really looking at what they had. And just kind of be wondering, like that's I think like we're I, I think that's the interesting conversation is like, you know, that there this band could have had another gear. Yeah, yeah. The, um, there's unfulfilled potential there. Yeah. But you know what? I'll take 
third gear from Thin Lizzy than first gear from 95% of all other bands. So there's that too uh, right. for, any for context. Band, you yeah, know. Any band, any fifth gear band, guys with skinny ties, <laughs> they, go, they go to 10th gear, it's still not as good as third gear Thin Lizzy. A skinny tie with piano keys. <laughs> oh, is that like the That's, special? I'm gonna send one of those to you for your birthday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll make sure I don't tell you when my birthday is, so I guess they can just. <laughs> or what my address? <laughs> yeah. Or my address is exactly. <laughs> don't call me. Don't I'll call me. <laughs> well, obviously, you and I could go hours and hours talking about them. Oh stuff, God. But we'll. I think it's a good place to stop it. We're like yeah. past the the thirty mark and. Uh, we still got to talk about part three, which is their, the, th- right. the third era of Thin Lizzy, which will be coming up soon. So, but uh, let us know how you how these these episodes are hitting you. Uh, Auto reverse pod at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or uh, Instagram. And uh, yeah, always a pleasure, my friend. Always peace. <laughs>